I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you in your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Right, welcome to our session this week uh, for Thriving Matters and our session is going to be about wrapping ourselves up in a fantastic tool called a scarf and we're all relating to that because I imagine that everybody around the country has got a scarf out whether it's a lightweight one or a woolly one or a cashmere one but we're all going to be wrapping ourselves up in this great AI tool. So let's welcome Susan Judd once again from sunny Port Macquarie uh, I'm not sure how blowy it is up there, Susan, but you're very welcome. How are you doing? Uh, uh, hi, Carrie. How are you today? Um, what's it like in Port Macquarie today? The sun is shining. I mean, look, I've been watching the news. I've been watching the news about Melbourne, the freeze in Melbourne and um, the snow in the snow fields. And here I am in short sleeves and, um, <laughs> and, and sunshine. What can I say? Uh, it's a little chilly. <laughs> A little chilly first thing in the morning but we still haven't had a frost uh, sometimes we're you know we only get a couple of frosts um, a, a year because we're so close to the ocean so um, sorry I've got nothing <laughs> I've got nothing except sunshine sorry well for, for people that like a warm temperate climate you're the girl to talk to but I'm, is- I'm the opposite I love the chill because I grew up in Cooma and uh, I just love the chill and I think it's good for our immune system but saying that let's get on with what we're going to talk about yeah um, absolutely and I'm just so you know I am wearing a scarf today <laughs> and uh, oh well there you go um, I've got a drawer full of them I love them so let's uh, let's think about um, thriving matters is really passionate about our workplace and our personal relationships and how we can thrive in all the situations that we find ourselves in, um, whatever whatever time of our life that we we uh, are, are in and whatever type of work that we are doing. So um, our previous episodes have been looking at six competencies of emotional intelligence and they were our self-awareness, how aware we are of other people, how authentic we come across and we are to ourselves, how we manage our emotions, how we make decisions based on our emotions and other data that we, we, we have to make decisions and how we can inspire ourselves and others. So inspiring our performance. And you know how agile we are moving between all these things because basically we're agents of change, aren't we? And change is happening all around us all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so today, this notion of wrapping ourselves up in a fantastic scarf is an acronym for uh, a lot, uh, some research that's been done by an Australian, would you believe, a gentleman called David Rock, uh, and you can easily look him up. And he has done a whole lot of research into the neuroscience of our relationships and what it is like um, when our positive or negative emotions um, come into our daily interactions with ourselves and with others. 
particularly in our workplaces and particularly in our family and personal life. So I think this is one of the most amazing strategies, amazing tools that I've come across in the last few years. And I just love that notion of, of wrapping myself in a scarf. It's a great framework for me when I um, am, am realising that uh, there are particular, I'm feeling particular way about certain situations, um, particularly, you know, when I'm trying to accomplish something, when I've got uh, something that's not going quite as well as I had hoped, um, I've been asked to take on a new project or I'm looking to learn something new and apply that. So I think SCARF applies to lots of different things that we do, but also helps us understand our positive and negative emotions. Yeah, um, uh, you know, in terms of um, thinking about, you know, when I think about SCARF, I think about um, the way we uh, collaborate and um, influence others, whether we're doing that mm. at work or in our personal lives and some of the things that uh, some of the emotional let's call it the emotional drivers or motivators that people have um, uh, that influence the way they react and respond whether they and and either buy in to um, to what we're trying to achieve or you know what, what we call go into threat state and get defensive and and, and disengage so um, let's talk about what scarf SCARF is an acronym, right? So SCARF yeah. is an acronym for five emotional drivers. And those emotional drivers, let's let's work through them. Let's just give them a, an overview to our podcast listeners of what the, um, the SCARF stands for. And then we'll go back and, you know, dig in a little bit deeper. So SCARF, let's break it down as an acronym. S equals, S stands for status. This is all about how important we're made to feel um, in our interactions. Uh, the C stands for certainty, which is all about um, people's motivation and need and, and our capacity to predict what comes next or yeah. what's happening in the future. So there's be some people we interact with that need that, uh, that, that really run towards that certainty. Um, the A in SCARF stands for autonomy. And this, you, you know, when you start to think about autonomy, that's all about our ability um, and uh, to control and have choices, to make, to make choices and manage ourselves um, and manage the things that we work on or, um, or the people we see or, you know, auto autonomy in our choices. And the R in SCARF is all about uh, the word relatedness, which, is, which involves how well, um, how important it is to us to relate to one another and be included and mm. seek out people to, um, to, to spend time with. And the F is for, at the end of SCARF, is for what we call fairness. Um, and this uh, motivation to have and desire to have fair exchanges between people and have a sense of equity. Um, if we're thinking about the workplace, um, this sense of equity in uh, and consistency in what we, um, what we, uh, the decisions we make and the standards we have um, for the for the people around us. So that's a, a bit of a just just a bit of a definition of all of the sort of um, letters that represent the word scarf for status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. That is a fabulous rundown of what the acronym stands for. So thanks for that. Um, the, the research that was done by David Rock is basically from the social neuroscience. 
and it's around how we interact with each other. And so we know that from the research that the causes of a positive emotion or, or the cause of a, of a negative one come from a particular hit on those five parts of the acronym. So when we get a hit to our status, when somebody says to us, hey, I'm giving this job to your coworker, and you think, wow, that was negotiated as part of my role. Um, well, then you think, right, that's a real hit to my status. What is wrong with what? What is wrong with me? Why? Why has that happened? So we can either have a positive emotion for that or a negative. My hunch would be it's going to turn out to be a little bit more on the negative side, and you'll start to ask some questions around that. So we know that if we are feeling that our sense of certainty around, yes, I was going to get a pay rise, I was promised a bonus, or I was certain that this was my place in my family, my, my role was to organise this, this event or whatever it is, um, you know, you can see why people start to react and you get large-scale reaction, you can, get, you can get little twigs, but on the whole, when we talk about our emotional response, it can be quite large and once we are aware of, of that, we then can start to manage it. But I like, I like the information that says, when we get a hit to our values, our core beliefs and assumptions that we make in our beliefs, then our status, our certainty, our sense of autonomy, our sense of relatedness and our sense of fairness produces or is affected, and that's why we get either a positive or negative emotion. And I think it's uh, I think it's been one of the most helpful things that I have been able to use, especially in my interactions with people in the workplace and also family members. Thinking, wow, I didn't expect that reaction. So why is it? And it's helped. It's helped me go back and go, ah, ah, that could possibly be why. That's what I know about this person, and that could possibly be why they've reacted this way. Yeah, and, and I think probably um, our listeners are probably thinking, well, how, how do I, you know, if these are five emotional drivers that help us to collaborate and build more effective relationships with other yeah. people, what are some of the things I need to look for? And what are the, some of the things I need to do um, to, help, to help manage the, and meet the needs of other people? Because this, this, this particular um, concept uh, is so connected to those EI skills of self-awareness and awareness of others. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, so, that, yeah. so they fit really beautifully in understanding where do I sit and when I'm interacting with people, how am I impacting them, mm. um, whether it be, um, you know, in a positive or a negative way, and then having that understanding of what other people need and the kind of support they need and the um, the interactions they need from me. How do I best achieve their um, desired outcome and their high performance, no matter where we're in the workplace or not? Um, what do I need to do more of um, to actually meet those needs and keep them, you know, keep keep them engaged? Mm. Well, I I think a lot of us learn. Um, learn about each other through our observation skills. So, you know, God gave us, as far as I know, we were born with two eyes and two ears. So twice as much observing and listening um, helps us in our relationships, whether they're at work or home or play, and one mouth. So instead of just going off 
and and talking at someone, being curious about uh, about why, uh, what really is important to them, their value system, often helps us understand why they would react and what is important in their life. Um, so I I've been quite deliberate in the last few years of, of trying to zip up my mouth and uh, you know be more observant and be curious about finding out about what, what really is important for people. And we get to know that, in, especially in the workplace, around you know major projects or big changes that, that come in, or just the way that we're asked to contribute when we're together. So that notion of collaboration and that sense of fairness with a, with everyone's voice being heard. So and it's it's a bit like a family having a family meeting. I know lots of families that call a family meeting, get to the table by a certain time on a Sunday because that's when all the jobs for the week are handed out, and you can you can allocate your job for the week. Well, I'll do the washing this week. Well, I'll do the laundry. I'll I'll do the the folding up. I'll do the garbage bins. I'll do this or that. You know, just the general running of the house or the family. But in the workplace. Um, you know, there are people who don't have strong skills and there are others who are more dominant um, around their skill set. So if you are leading a team or part of a team, finding a way for all voices to be heard is pretty important um, in, in the way that we collaborate. There's lots of things that we learn to stop doing because of the reactions that we get or how, how tuned in and how we feel about ourselves. There are, and there are some things that we can start doing. And one of those things was being more observant in my case a number of years ago to uh, just to, to tune in and see what it, what it is that really sets people off. Um, I know about you, Susan, have you, what have you got up your sleeves that you uh, use? Oh, uh, look, um, I, I agree 100% listening and asking lots of questions. And, you know, uh, in, in my head, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, and in my head, I'm thinking like the words slay your assumptions um, is, is uh, pops into my head that, you know, that whole concept of don't assume you understand where a person is coming from and what's important to them. You've got to ask them. And yeah. the challenge is, though, um, you can watch their behaviour, but you can also then dig in deeper and, and, um, and look at their behaviour to ascertain and then talk to them about what's important to them. And, you know, one of the great examples, and I'm going to hit certainty now when certainty is important to, to somebody, what are some of the ways you can see that certainty is important to people is they will need, they will need possibly more detail and information that sometimes we're not we don't need so they want they want clear expectations they want ground rules they want project deadlines and schedules they want clear they want to set clear steps to achieve goals they'll need some of the detail and if you're a big picture blue sky thinker um, and you're working or living with those people you need to and this is where our awareness of others comes in is we need to be more agile to delivering that expectation mm -hmm. so that they will run towards that um, and you will get higher buy-in if you're able to do that mm -hmm. because a lack of transparency a lack of information um, where the world is unpredictable will actually be a real struggle for people where certainty is important to them. And but, you might be out there thinking, I can say that to me, or you might be out there thinking, oh, I have a son or daughter like that. Oh, I have a, I have a teammate like yeah. that. 
Mm. Oh, now I understand. Maybe if I can be, you know, be more understanding of that, what do they need to get the, for me to get the best best um, buy in from them? And that's just one of the. That's just one of the. <laughs> but, you, but you can see how how in a family or in a work, in a team that you're working with or even in you know the local soccer club that you, you your kids are part of or the dance group or um, whatever you know the Estedford group perhaps um, that you've got all these different personalities and um, behavior traits and you can see how some people need exact information two weeks out from the date of when something's going to occur. Um, you know, if you have a change at the last minute, they want clear instructions, they want a personal, um, you know, uh, they want a clear communication um, process in place, but you can see how that, that does affect um, your response rate. You know, and in a family, I have four children, you've got two, and in a family, all those kids, have different ways of operating, different ways of understanding the world. And for one, one of mine, it was had, had to be really clear. Another one would go, yeah, that's fine, mum, whatever. I'll go with the flow. They were, you know, very impromptu, very flowing. But others, no, they needed very clear instructions and I had, would have to check back with them that they actually heard it. What does that mean? Have you, can you just let me know? <laughs> you heard that. What are we going to do? When will you need to be ready so we're all ready to go? So it's no different. That sense of certainty, sense of autonomy, sense of relate how you relate to each other. And I love that one around relation, um, relatedness because it brings out how we want to be treated ourselves. So that notion of if I'm being respectful with those that I live and work with, well then... This is what I need to put into place, you know. So, I think that's uh, <laughs> I think there's some great examples of people we can instantly think of colleagues or people that we've worked with or family members who we know that if we say this is what's going to happen without any consultation, you're going to get straight away prickles. They're going to be like mm -hmm. a you know an echidna with all the prickles or a porcupine with whatever part of the world you're in. They'll uh, they'll start throwing the the the, uh, the little spikes at you going. You didn't tell me. You didn't tell me. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and if, just thinking about home, Carrie, if I think about home, you know, we've probably got listeners out there who have got children just like us and I hit and I go to fairness. Oh, my goodness. If you haven't heard your kids say, well, that's not fair. Yep. Uh, you know, and so this is hitting their, this, they're getting spiky because they feel like, things aren't equitable. So maybe you're making a decision that they perceive is in favour of one of their siblings. Yes. Oh my goodness. I remember saying it as a kid and I was one of I'm one of five, you know, so um <laughs> we're always going, well that's not fair. You know, the eldest one gets to go somewhere because they're older and you know um, they're growing in independence and that's not fair or somebody gets somebody looks like they've got, you know, um you know, afternoon, they're able to buy lunch at the canteen and the other one, you know, was left out. You know, all of that, it hits their, it hit, it's hitting their prickles, they're prickling up because yeah. they see, they feel like it's a, a lack of fairness and a lack of consistency. So, um, you know, yes, it, it's in the workplace too, you hear it all the time, but, you know, when you think, when you were talking about the, your family then, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how many times do you hear that? Do we all hear that in our families um, about things not being fair? And that's actually hitting people's um, motiva you know, motivational drivers or emotional yeah. drivers. Yeah. Um, fairness. 
Yeah. I, one of the in, the, in our previous sessions, we've talked about the value of journaling. And I think, you know, if there is a situation that's got you stumped with somebody uh, at work or at home, in your, in your family life, in your personal life, friendship group perhaps, I think that the notion of sitting down with S-C-A-R-F down the page, looking at positive and negative and, and sort of naming the situation that's got you stumped, you're really thinking about going, oh, I just didn't pick that reaction. I think it's worth having a think about what it might have been in that situation that has caused either the reaction to occur, whether it's a positive or negative. Um, and then the notion of then looking at you, yourself as a superhero and how you might resolve that. If you were the superhero coming into this particular situation, how, what might they do? What might Thor do? What might Spider-Man do, Batman do, whoever? You know, Wonder Woman, come on girls, Wonder Woman, what might you do in this situation? But I just, the journaling is really, really important. There's, there's a whole, bit of magic that occurs when you write something down and you then let a flow of consciousness stream out what you're thinking, getting it on the page. It's yours. Nobody else is going to see it. You don't share it with anybody. But if you've got a situation that you're currently stumped in and it's about a reaction, a negative reaction or a positive one that perhaps wasn't quite what you expected, have a think about what it might have hit in the S, in the status, certainty, autonomy, sense of relatedness or fairness with that person in that situation. And it will be interesting to see what you, the superhero, how you could actually go about resolving it. What do you think about that idea? Brilliant. I, I think it's brilliant. You know, there's just so many benefits around, as you, um, as you were saying about around journaling, and it's probably, and it's probably one of those activities that requires a lot more self-discipline um, than certainly I give it, I'm happy to say. Uh, you know, so it's, you know, because it's one of those things where you're stacking up your priorities to get done in a day or in a week, um, it probably needs to come up the food chain. Yeah. And then you, then you can work out what is it you're going to continue to do? What will you stop doing? Perhaps... Um, you know, I said to you before that in the last few years I've, I've tried to tune up my listening and observation skills and zip up my mouth, you know, uh, and that's, that, that's been very helpful because I am much more aware now of uh, what it is, whether I'm listening or how present I am. So I think the journaling goes quite nicely with this notion of tuning up your, your EI toolkit and that's that active listening that uh, is really important as well. You know, we're in a situation where uh, if, if it's uh, highly emotional, we don't listen as well as we possibly could for some of the indications around the around SCARF uh, that give us some clues into why someone's reacting like that or why we are reacting like this. Mm. Yes, it definitely takes some thought and I guess we can encourage people if they want more information about SCARF because it's been a pretty brief overview today yeah. uh, that they are able to contact us, Carrie. You know, if you are really interested, give us a call. Uh, Dare to Care or Thriving Matters and uh, we'll be able to give you some more information. This is a fascinating area. 
Um, it's about your toolkit. It's about strengthening what it is that we're aware of and how aware of others are, and it helps build and better our relationships. So till next time, this is Carrie Benedict from Thriving Matters. And Susan Judd from Dare to Care. <laughs> and we'll see you again. Bye, everyone.